CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. You are looking live at us from Kid Stadium in Spartanburg. He's Gabe McDonald. I'm Mike Lissette. Panthers continuing training camp today. It was just super, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, It was an interesting day. Obviously, they're back in pads. You know, this is kind of like their third block of training camp. And it was a pretty rough day, actually, for Bryce Young and the offense. But that means it was a good day for Ejero Averro in his new-look defense in that 3-4 scheme. And our very own Grace Girl has a recap from practice earlier today. Well, we could talk about how it wasn't the best day for the offense, but that would be overlooking a defense that, just to put it plainly, had a really good day. We've been having some good days, but today was not our best day offensively. It was probably the most frustrated we've seen Bryce Young in camp, the rookie quarterback, feeling the pressure of his own defense on Saturday, going 7 for 15 in team drills with multiple overthrown balls in the red zone. Obviously a lot of stuff on tape today that, you know, we got to go back and correct. Um, but, you know, we, we, we have to put in perspective, um, you know, there, there's always going to be negatives, always going to be positives in camp. You know, it's back and forth. We're going up against a great defense every single day. And again, they definitely won the day today. Young is revered for his calm and collected demeanor, but did show some visible signs of frustration that we normally don't see out of the young quarterback. Maybe it was the heat or the multiple drop passes, or maybe he just wants to win. You know, I don't think anything really gets to Bryce. You know, I think he's really hard on himself more than anybody. Um, so... Yeah, I, you know, in the quarterback initially, you just got to be unflappable. And, and, I, and I think we all know Bryce has that gene. You know, as a competitor, you know, we, we all get like that. We all get, get, get frustrated. But, um, you know, again, it's, uh, we have to do a, a better job of, of bringing stuff back in, bringing stuff back in, making sure that even if, it, if it's not our day, um, for one period and one play that we're able to, to, to flip the script. And, you know, again, we didn't do a good enough job of that today. But that's what, what training camp is for. You got to work out the kinks, get the timing right. Get the you know get all the mechanics right, all the operational stuff right. Still play with great intensity, and you know today the defense got the better. So the offense will get another shot at it tomorrow. The team will take the field Sunday morning for its final practice of the weekend before getting some much-needed rest on Monday. Reporting from Spartanburg, I'm Grace Grill for Charlotte Sports Live. Well, Mike, we were just talking about it. You know, if it was more of the offense or the defense, I think even though the defense did solid. It was more so the offense that missed you. Seven preset penalties, six false starts, one delay of game. You can't have that, especially we got the refs out here now, so it's not like stuff is going to slide. I mean, you got to be on point. I think also Jonathan Mingo had a really bad drop. He had a good one-on-one -on -one rep, a really bad drop in the end zone. That kind of set the tone, and from there the offense is really spun. Yeah, it was not good to watch. Yeah. I mean, it was and, – and Bryce Young has had a wonderful run yes, yeah. at camp. This was really the first day where you're like – Okay, not, yeah. not the best. And I think he looked a, like a rookie. I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. I mean, now we're really in the dog days of yeah. training camp. The the the, the feel good, let's mm -hmm. go get them attitude exactly. is is kind of over. And now the reality is another hot day in Spartanburg. Yeah. And I think this is a good lesson no, that's for, what you for him. For everybody, you'd yeah. rather have this happen now exactly. than, than week two of the right. regular season. Yeah, you want to deal with the adversity right now. The fact is, you know, you go back to the drawing board and you say, okay, yeah. you know, this is why we got to be focused all the time. Okay. This is why we've got to maintain our edge and not let up. Yeah, you got it. I mean, luckily, like you said, the rubber bullets are flying now. Soon the real bullets will, but it's good to work out the kinks now and make these mistakes early on as opposed to, like you said, once the real game starts. Well, there are plenty of national media at Panthers training camp the last two weeks, and that is always going to be the case when you draft a quarterback at the number one overall pick. And by the way, I went one-on-one -on -one with a big name in the industry today from camp.
Well, you know it's a big deal and a big story when the great Peter King <laughs> rolls through Spartanburg. What are your thoughts on the Panthers? I mean, they've, they've got to be good to get your attention here, right? Well, you know, I came here obviously for Bryce Young uh, and to see that and to see Frank Reich and this new uber-experienced coaching staff. But one of the things that's interesting to me is you look at the offense and just about every skilled player who starts on opening day might be new. You know, if you look DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, if Jonathan Mingo wins that third receiver job, who, you know, and then tight end Hayden Hurst, running back Miles Sanders, and of course Bryce Young. That to me means that there's no team in the NFL that has a more important job in training camp this year than getting those guys all to know each other, all to understand each other. It's almost like an expansion team coming together for the first time. So then what were your impressions today? Obviously probably not the best day to, yeah. to come. For, the offense had a rough one, but what did you think about where they are at this point? You know, I'm, I'm a victim, obviously, of seeing only one practice, and the offense was rough, very rough. Um, you know, two red zone uh, drops in the end zone. Bryce Young had to throw a bunch of balls away because his guys weren't open. But honestly, when I look at a young quarterback, one of the things that I like, honestly, is when he throws it away and lives to fight another day. And I think that's what Bryce Young has been doing here. I, You know, look, I think the offense, oddly, has kind of been ahead of the defense on a lot of days in training camp from what... Frank Reich told me, so, hey, look, when you're a coach and you have a day like this on offense, it's really good for you because it provides you a bunch of teaching moments when they go in and watch the film later. One last question for you. Obviously, there's a lot going against the Panthers, but one thing that's going for them is they're in a very, very weak division. How do you? What are their chances going into this year of, of possibly making the playoffs? It's totally, that division is totally up for grabs. It's I don't know. I'm thinking of actually picking Atlanta, a last-to-first team, because I, I just really like all their offensive weaponry and the fact that Arthur Smith now has had more than two years to sort of put his imprint on this team. The whole question about the Panthers is how quickly uh, Bryce Young can be competent to very good in the NFL. I think he's going to succeed. Um, but as Bill Parcells once said, often said, probably says it every day of his life. They don't sell insurance for that stuff. And so I think I, I think they've got a chance. Uh, I think probably right now they're, you know, they're right in the thick of it. But I think any team in this division can get hot, win nine games, and, and, and win the NFC South. But I think it all depends on how quickly Bryce Young, uh, you, you know, ratchets up his game to be a competent to good NFL quarterback. Peter, thanks for your time. Appreciate no problem. It. Always good to have one of the greats in the biz join CSL. Meanwhile, there is life outside of Spartanburg, and a whole lot went down Friday in college football. When the dust settled, there were just four, yes, four teams left standing in the Pac-12. This news hit home for Panthers cornerback Keith Taylor. He went to Washington, who is now bound for the Big Ten after this season. And he's intrigued by all the new matchups created by the shift to a new conference. In my opinion, uh, I think the Pac-12 kind of been on the downhill over the last couple of years. Nobody really had respect for the Pac-12. So, you know, I think it's, it's a big move um, for, uh, you know, UW and Oregon to, you know, branch out a little bit. 
Um, I will only say, like, the only downside to that is, like, you know, you got you to gotta play Ruck at Rutgers one week, and then you got to – you might have to stay up there, like, an extra week playing against, like, Penn State or something. That's going to probably be the downside of it. Now, hold on a second. Like, that was a, that was a big insult to Jersey there. So, I am I am the the, the the prodigal son of the Garden State. So, so Keith, I'll say this: New Jersey has a lot of great diners. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of great malls, including okay. I think the largest mall on the East Coast, uh, right outside MetLife Stadium, okay. uh, and the Statue of Liberty is in Jersey, <laughs> and. We're an hour away from New York City, an hour away from Philadelphia. They're close to the beach. Close. New Jersey is a great state. I've taken about, up this whole how chat. About, how about y'all go one on one? But I think the thing is, like, with me, I think obviously this is all about money. But the thing it really stinks for those smaller sports. You know, the sports, the non-revenue sports. I mean, think about the traveling, having to go from you know from Seattle all the way to like Piscataway or going to to Penn State or Ohio State. It's just it's going to be weird. And I hate that we're losing some of the rivalries, like the Apple Cup, Oregon and Oregon State. And I think it's going to create some new ones, but. We all know it's all about money, and it's uh, it's just unfortunate that it's come to this. And that's the thing. And, and by the way, to your point, there were some softball players yeah. today that basically said, I-, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I've got, I-, I chose this school to be close to my family, and now you're taking me away. And that and that's a point to me where yeah. it's just, you know, when you have these these NCAA purists and traditionalists yeah. get mad at the student-athlete for, for taking advantage of NIL deals yeah. or the transfer portal. And it's like, you don't care about them. Right. You don't care. The only thing you care about is about money. This. And this is a situation with the transfer portal and the NIL where they finally have an edge and you don't like it. I say tough. This is the very reason why there should be a transfer portal and an NIL. And and some of the coaches I've talked to, they say the purity of the game has been lost. But like you said, it's all about money at this point. So we'll see what these new rivalries, what the conferences are going to look like over the next few years. But it's not uh, your dad's college football anymore, I can tell you that. But uh, moving on, it was a memorable day for the NFL in Canton as nine new members were welcomed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The list, including names like Rondé Barber, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, and DeMarcus Ware. Makes me feel old, honestly. They're now proud owners of a gold jacket. And last year, the Panthers watched on as the late, great Sam Mills was enshrined into football's greatest honor. All right, on to basketball. A former top 10 pick will be sitting up for the Hornets this season. The team announced the signing of free agent guard Frank Nielakina. Nielakina has played in 316 games over six seasons with the New York Knicks and Dallas Mavericks averaging just shy of five points a game. The Frenchman was taken eighth overall by the Knicks in the 2017 NBA draft. Well, the Panthers have come out here to the pristine fields of Wofford College for nearly three decades now, every July and August. And there's a big reason why they're coming back. I talked to the guy behind the grass. That's next. And Legacy Motor Club making a change ahead of tomorrow's Cup Series race at Michigan. We'll tell you why Noah Gregson won't be suiting up on Sunday. You're watching Charles Sports Live. We're back in just a little bit. What's well, hard to believe, but we have just one week left of training camp out here in Spartanburg. And guys, this looks to be the most exciting week. The Panthers do get Monday off. Tuesday, they have one more solo practice. And then Wednesday and Thursday, the two biggest days of camp. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets coming to Wofford for joint practices. And even though the Panthers have been coming here to Wofford College in Spartanburg for the last 28 years, Mike, they have yet to wear out their welcome. Yeah, Wofford happy to play host every August. And as I found out recently, there is one man that goes out of his way Make sure they feel right at home. Every time he clocks in for work, Andy Kaya knows it's going to be a battle. It's like a game. You either win or you lose. If it looks bad, you're losing. If it looks good, you're winning. Doing that isn't easy. 
After all, his opponent is no slouch. Mother Nature's undefeated, as I say. But Kaya is being modest. After more than two decades as Wofford's director of athletic facilities, he's figured out all the tricks to make the fields look so darn good. It's one of the big reasons why the Panthers love coming back to Spartanburg every summer. If you want to grow grass, Andy's your guy. By this point, the 51-year-old Maine native is taking care of all 13 and a half acres a day down to a science. But he admits that wasn't always the case. In 96, uh, I didn't know anything. That's because back then he was coming off a stint as an assistant coach with the Terriers baseball team. But what he lacked in knowledge, he more than made up for in curiosity. Hence why he believes he got the gig. If you have half a brain, you listen to everybody else and use their ideas uh, to help you. And then of course, he says there's this too. I was the cheapest. While he's quick to make a joke at his expense, Kai is all business when it comes to his job, especially when the Panthers are in town. They just expect the highest quality that we can possibly give them. Um, my saying is that if they don't say anything, that's good. Kai scores those days as wins. Take that, Mother Nature. Mike Lissette, Charlotte Sports Live. We'll move to the racetrack Legacy Motor Club's Noah Gregson is being suspended indefinitely by NASCAR. NASCAR confirmed to Fox Sports that the suspension is related to a meme making fun of the death of George Floyd, a post which Gregson had liked on Instagram. In a statement, Gregson said, quote, I am disappointed in myself for my lack of attention and actions on social media. I understand the severity of this situation. I love and appreciate everyone. I try to treat everyone equally, no matter who they are. I messed up plain and simple. End quote. Josh Berry will be driving the number 42 for Legacy Motor Club this weekend at Michigan. And speaking of Michigan, we get a look at who's starting up front Sunday afternoon as we wrap up the final few races of the NASCAR Cup Series regular season. That's coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. Oh, vroom, vroom, and NASCAR headed up north to Michigan this weekend for the Firekeepers Casino 400. Heading into the final round of qualifying today, Ross Chastain rocked the stars and stripes. Blocked a lap time of 37.25 seconds. He's on the pole for the time being at that point until Christopher Bell hit the track edges Chastain with a lap time of 37.23 seconds. So he will be on the pole tomorrow. It is his second pole of the season and sixth of his career. Jordan Bell on the front row will be, of course, Ross Chastain. Starting third will be Ty Gibbs, followed by Chris Buescher. And in the five spot, Martin Truex Jr., who just signed a contract extension with Joe Gibbs Racing through next season. Speaking of Joe's, my buddy Joe Morano, he's standing by with tonight's next guest. We want to welcome into the show driver of the number 47 car and Daytona 500 champion, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ricky, thanks for taking the time. Does it ever get tiring hearing yourself introduced that way? Not at all. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that I feel like has definitely, you know, stuck with you since winning the Daytona 500. You know, whether it be, you know, getting introduced on stage uh, for pre-race or, you know, a lot of the fans, you know, walking around the racetrack. Uh, you know, hey, there's the Daytona 500 winner. So that's been uh, that's been really cool, really special, you know, for me and, and our race team this year. You got a story of, like, the strangest experience since winning the 500 that's happened? I don't think anything strange has happened. Um, just a lot of cool things uh, in general. Being able to, you know, promote our sport in the 75th um, anniversary of NASCAR for a full week, um, you know, after our season started. 
going to New York, um, opening the New York Stock Exchange. That was really cool. Lot of lot of no sleep, uh, but it was well worth it. Lots of drama this season that we're seeing. A lot of tension, and the fans are letting it be known. Denny Hamlin is involved most recently <laughs> here. How do you handle when you're on the receiving end of a chorus of boos from the crowd or in a feud with somebody? Do you embrace it? Do you just ignore it? How do you handle this? Uh, you ignore it. Uh, I mean, I guess you can embrace it as well, either way. Um, you know, but it doesn't really affect, uh, you know, how we perform in the race car, I don't feel like. Um, you know, but it was odd being at Richmond this past weekend and hearing so many boos for Denny uh, in his home track. So definitely a lot of people had feelings about, um, you know, kind of how that situation went down. And uh, they're de the fans are definitely uh, letting you know what, what side they're on for sure. We're headed up to Michigan this weekend, a speedway that can be tricky for some, and it's been hard to find some success there. So what's different about this speedway that stands out and maybe changes your prep for this? It's a racetrack that's that's really fast, really hard to pass. You know, we don't have a lot of off-throttle time. Uh, you know, we're in the gas a lot and uh, high speed. So, you know, for us, it's a fun racetrack, but it's also kind of a frustrating racetrack at, at the same time, trying to to kind of calculate your passes when you're going to pass. Uh, I was just at the shop with my guys and uh, they were working on our, um, you know, minute rise Camaro and, and feel really good about uh, the setup we have in it and, and looking forward to going up there and uh, performing well. Also, we're in a grueling stretch here. How much more tense do things get as the playoff spots start to shrink a little bit more and more? Do you feel that or is it same mentality all the time? Well, for us, you know, we we feel like we're in a comfortable spot. We feel good about where we're at, you know, in the, the playoff position wise. And so for us, we're looking at, you know, trying to execute every single weekend. We got four more races, you know, before the playoffs start. And we want to make sure that we go into those playoffs uh, with good momentum. Um, you know, we got some tough racetracks for us compared to, you know, the racetracks that we start the playoffs with. We feel like those are more. Uh, in our wheelhouse of, of favorite racetracks and, and performing well on. We got, you know, Michigan this weekend. Then we got two road courses in Daytona uh, before we start our playoffs. And so those are racetracks that, you know, really anything can happen. And so some of those guys that are on that, you know, kind of playoff bubble, um, you know, in points uh, are probably a little bit nervous, you know, trying to make sure that they, they keep their spot in the standing so that they can, they can get in. But you know, really focus on execution. Uh, no, make, not making mistakes because you know once the playoffs start, you got three races uh, each round that, that you got to be perfect. All right, catch them in the heat of the chase and everyone else up there in Michigan this weekend. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., thanks so much for your time this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All righty. We're almost at the end of the line. You know what that means. Will someone on the Panthers win our QC crown tonight? Only one way to find out. You know what that means. You've got to stick around. We're wrapping things up with Spartanburg next. Well, you want more Panthers training camp coverage, right? I mean, who doesn't? That's why we got Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast. Catch every episode of the show in podcast form. It gets posted every night and can be found wherever you get your favorite podcast. Spotify, Apple, and we even made it easy for you. Just scan the QR code you see right now on your screen to subscribe and download CSL, the podcast. And, of course, 
we got to send you to bed. If you're already in bed, maybe you're watching on the couch, we got to send you there the best way possible. And that's by handing out our QC crowns, our nightly MVPs. Mike, just want to give out tonight who gets the honor. Well, you haven't, first of all, described our, our wardrobe. So we're the, wearing, the viewers, so we're both wearing different shades of blue. I'm yeah. wearing more navy. Mike's doing a more maybe cerulean, baby Carolina yeah, blue. Just a nice little mix. And behind us, by the way, pristine greens, as yeah. I said before. <laughs> hey, a crown tonight going out to the Panthers organization, once again helping out young athletes from the Carolinas. They're going to do a joint practice with Daniel High School from Central South Carolina. Panthers defensive end Deshaun Williams is a Daniel High School graduate. Last year was Gaffney getting to practice with the black and blue. Another show in the books, Gabe. Yeah, yes, sir. And it's always good to see the Panthers showing love to the local high schools. For Mike Cassette, I'm Gabe McDonald. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Have a good night, everybody.